We're Auburn fans. Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, my pal, my Starbucks drinking friend, Jared Davis. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I, I don't have as much money anymore because I bought um, you a Starbucks uh, this I past mean, week. But <laughs> I think I went pretty light on you. I, yeah. I only got just like a iced caramel latte, like tall. I didn't. I mean, I could have. I could have gone like get everything you could have done venti or whatever yeah your order only took like a minute to get out so it could have been worse i mean yeah you could have, yeah yeah i don't frappe frappo maco yeah i don't know what you could have done but um yeah i mean uh we did that this past week and uh, good to see you i hadn't seen you and i don't know uh yeah i don't know well, how long has it been probably three years maybe it was close to three years so we used to work kind of in the same building different companies but working in the same building so we you know chat around the office being Auburn fans and yeah I, I I just realized that it had been so long so we're gonna have to do that more often that everybody sure. people don't probably realize they probably do now but on podcasts when I listen to them you don't always know either but yeah we, we are not in the same room and uh, we have not seen each other for a while so um, <laughs> but that might change this weekend because I think we're both are you going to the Mercer game yeah I plan on it yeah yeah I, I'm going as well so sweet cool man yeah. Uh, but yeah, good to be here. Uh, got it's uh, we got football this week, so that's pretty I literally, exciting. I, I watched some on Saturday too, some actual college football, not just you know, well. <laughs> it's actual. The, te- the teams I saw did it really quite. Qual- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know what you mean. It was it was real college football. <laughs> it, it, was, it was better than what I'd watched, uh, you know, all summer because it's not much. It, it's yeah. like watching CFL. And maybe like whatever the Birmingham league thing that got kicked up. So, yeah, I, I'm joking with you. It was good to have it back on. I couldn't find the Nebraska Northwestern game. That was the one I'd kind of seemed to be have at least a little more high profile names, but couldn't find that one. But I, I did tune into a couple games. Yeah, yeah, that one was a. Uh, I was kind of watching, you know, following. I didn't end up watch the game on TV live, but I was following it. That that's gonna be a Northwestern is gonna be an interesting one to watch this year. Not, I don't think they're gonna you know crack the top twenty five, but they they could be a threat you know to knock off some teams. That, yeah, they're always dangerous. They kept that they keep that coach there somehow, and he's he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jared, let's talk about some Auburn football. So we're gonna be doing our twenty twenty two season preview. Uh, we're gonna first off start out with pretty much like the overview of all the craziness that's happened over this off season since our last game. And then we're going to go into the specific games and make our predictions. And then at the end, we're going to, you know, see where we're at. Where, where are we kind of thinking with, uh, you know, how Auburn's going to finish at the end of this year? And also, you know, kind of note this, you know, we're recording this on Sunday. TJ Finley just got announced as quarterback. So we'll see if that kind of plays into our predictions now that we know for sure who the quarterback is, who who that's going to be at least game one. So we'll be kind of interesting to see how how we you know foresee this now that it's official so jared let's let's talk about kind of where where we've gone so ever since the bowl game you know and even last year you know going six and seven and losing our last five games almost beating bama and then you know we had we fired bobo our offensive coordinator and then Derek mason left kind of i don't know a little unexpected but also I feel like he might have been kind of you know nudged out the door for a less you know 
less of a paying job at Oklahoma State. And you're like, okay, interesting. Now we've got you know new defensive coordinator and a new offensive coordinator, and this is Harson's second year. And you're like, wow, just a lot's happened. A lot has happened. Jared, what's kind of your 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 perspective, like bird's eye view of all the chaos? And that's not even to mention you know the chaos with Harson <laughs> during February. How did I forget that? Oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> blocked I, it out already. <laughs> I mean, there's a movie that I think it's called. Uh, uh, chaos is our business or something <laughs> that could be a movie about auburn i mean that's just what we do right i mean yeah I, I i don't know you know in the moment everybody was saying this is a terrible sign all right you get rid of bobo then you lose uh, Derek mason and i think in the moment yeah for recruiting and everything it's not great but i i think you've mentioned this and i think that it was true he was harson was kind of you know, probably kind of made the promise, hey, I'll hire these guys. Um, which, and- which, you know, Mike Bobo having SEC connections, Derek Mason being a Vanderbilt coach, being a great defensive coordinator before that. And you're thinking, okay, like you, you can kind of talk yourself into it at the time. But again, it, it's not the guys I think probably Harson would have gone after if he had essentially had the open book to, you know, literally sign the check and say, come on board at Auburn. So I don't well, know. I think, maybe that's just my perspective. No, two things real quick. I, I think if if he would have had the support from the get go, he he probably would have said, "I'm bringing my Boise coaches," and he brought them. But like they're going to be my coordinator. Yeah, but he didn't have the support, so he probably had to do a little bit of that politicking there and say, "I'll hire these guys." But another reason, I, I'll be honest with you, I think the Derek Mason hire was a good hire when he made it. I don't think the Mike Bobo one was. So yeah. I think the reason it's probably pretty obvious that he was kind of told to do this because who was the name we always kept here when we heard Kevin Steele was going to be the coach? <laughs> it was Kevin Steele was going to be coach. Uh huh. Bobo was going to be OC. Yep. And who we know it, it felt like the boosters were kind of calling the shots on that with Steele and and so when it became Harson and Bobo, you're like, okay, they they kind of came to an agreement. You know, I'll hire this guy. So, anyways. Um, but I don't think Derek Mason was a bad hire. I, I feel like overall our D was pretty solid last year. And, yeah. you, you know, there was a notion that he wasn't calling the Alabama game. Well, Schmetting has turned down that. He himself said, I, I did not call that game. Like, I didn't. He said the only thing was is we agreed to rush for the whole game. Nobody's done that all year. Hmm. Um, yeah. But that, it wasn't like he was calling that game. So, you know, that was a pretty big loss. Um, we, I don't even know if you mentioned it. Really, to me, a big loss was uh, the guy, with our D-line coach that went to Clemson. Oh, yes. Because when he left, <clears throat> I feel like we might have lost out on some recruits, and I know some D-line people transferred after that. Um, I can't remember his name, but he, Easton or Eastman, he had come from the NFL, the Bengals. Oh, yeah, Nick Easton. Yeah, yeah. Nick Easton. Yep. And our D-line was pretty good. That that was a big loss too. Now he went to Clemson because he's from there, so you can understand that one. Right? But, uh, yeah, I mean we had a lot of coaching movement going on. We had the February thing happen with Harson, and you know I don't. And I, even more recently, you know, think about you know Alan Green deciding to resign, and you're like, wow, like this is craziness. Like within the last you know eight nine months, a lot has happened, and. and yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of this potentially from like the football side, where you, know, you have you know, 12 tough games ahead of you, and you're thinking, okay, you know, all this craziness is going on around me, and we're gonna have to, 
you know, in some ways, like isolate yourself from the news, from, you know, the chaos and everybody, you know, all the pundits saying, eh, Auburn's going to be, you know, one of the last teams in the SEC, at least SEC West. And you're like that, that's, you know, that I'm hoping they're able to kind of, you know, separate that and not worry about it. Cause at the end of the day, those guys are going to play how, you know, as hard as they can, like they, they want to succeed as much as the coach does. So, I, yeah, it's it's all about, you know, their perspective on it and kind of keeping that a little isolated versus getting, you know, their their head into it and potentially, you know, getting too wrapped up in it. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, none of it matters what other people think. It literally it does has zero bearing. Now, if you get into the season and things go south, okay, mentally it can have an impact. But right now, those guys think they're going to win. Like Tank posted, uh, I think it was last weekend, talking about how great this team is and how great they think they're going to be. And they have every right to think that. Like, we have senior leadership. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of five stars, but we got a lot of four stars. Mm-hmm. And when, we've and, won before with four stars. Well, it wasn't the one of the selling points, I feel like, of Harson was, hey, you can develop players. You know, we're thinking quarterbacks, but I, he's, you know, kind of shown that other other positions as well. So you're thinking, okay, cool. You know, head coach, bring him in. He can make the three stars at Boise into four stars and then you know, bring them into Auburn. We occasionally get some five stars, turn them into you know, the six or seven star. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Not that good. But you know what I mean. Like, get them better throughout their career at Auburn. And- You're right. And that's the thing that people are – and listen, I, I don't care. I feel like I wind up defending the guy a lot. I couldn't care less. I just want to win ball games, But, like – the reason he was brought here cannot be done year one, basically. So let's see yeah. what product goes out year two. If TJ Finley comes out and is the exact same quarterback he was last year, then most likely Harson is not what we thought he was. But we have not seen TJ yet, and we assume Harson, and he's proven that he can develop players. So why don't we wait and see? And I was the last person to think it would be TJ starting, and I'm saying this. Give them a chance. Go play the game. Has TJ developed? Ike Hilliard, they brought him in a receivers coach. Like, they're trying to do the right thing. Ike Hilliard is, is absolutely going to make those receivers better. Now, it wasn't, wasn't going to be hard to get better. <laughs> but, like, we do have some good coaches. Zach Etheridge basically turned down the job at Georgia. Um, we got coaches, okay? We got some talent. We, we just can't lose a lot early. If we lose a lot early, the wheels are going to fall off. No, absolutely. I mean – if you lose both to Penn State and LSU early, it's not going to look good because you're three and two, and yeah, just it, it, your team's morale is not going to be there. He can't um, lose both of those. I, yeah, I I don't know that he can lose one of them because of what's on the back end of our schedule. But mm-hmm. if he loses both, it 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 will not be good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's already people, and we haven't even played a game, and they're already calling for his head. And you're well, like, that's Auburn. I mean, that's yeah, that is Auburn. Just, that is Auburn. That makes me, hey, I feel good. That makes me know it's normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. I would it be really a little worried it. if people were all on board and no questions. That's that's right. Yeah, just all right. We're all on board. Let's do this thing. Yeah, like yeah. the, I feel like the only time that I felt that was maybe 2013, and we were just like, oh, cool. Gene Chizik left. And now we got Gus Malzahn, who's, you know, coach. He's coached these players before, real optimism around. And you're thinking, we're only like four years, three years removed from a national championship. We could make a run. And there was just, 
you know, mostly positive things. And yeah, that, that might've been the closest thing that might've been it. <laughs> yes. I mean, even in 2017, when we're taking down one and two back to back weekends, yeah. you had people that hated Gus and I'm like, God, y'all, I just, you can't, you need to I, listen in the game moment. I am fired up too, but we got to learn to back off and enjoy football <laughs> a little bit. Right. I mean, that is so true. If you're beating like, the number one and number two team, step back and enjoy it. Right. Well, and it's, you know, I'll see people like, Oh no, TJ is going to be the quarterback. We're going to go five and seven. And you're like, calm your horses down. Like, yeah, if we get the exact same quarterback as we did last year, which, you know, TJ's put in a bad situation. He He's already injured a little bit and he's not prepared to be, you know, like you, know, you say he's not prepared, but like he hasn't gotten as many reps with the ones because guess what? Bo Nix has been with the ones the whole season. Like, now, guess what? TJ's gotten the reps with the ones. He's seen the playbook. He knows the playbook. I think that that you know, sets him up for a good situation. Now, whether or not he has improved, that's yet to be seen. But, but here's the here's the crazy thing: the people that say, "Oh, we're going five and seven. We should have started Robbie." Trust me, if TJ is bad enough for us to go five and seven, he won't get that far. Okay, Robbie will be playing. Yep. Zach will be playing. We're not going to just ride TJ and go five and seven. Now we may go five and seven, but that just means the other guys weren't good either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know I, and that's the coaches <laughs> at that point. So we're not going to just say, oh, well, five and seven, TJ starting. No, if he doesn't play well, he will not be starting. Well, and you saw that even with, you know, Bo Nix. Like, you know, Harson wasn't afraid to pull him out. Like, you know, was it last minute? Yeah. He probably could have pulled him a little earlier, but. You know, put in TJ at the Georgia State game, and we we pulled that game out. That that's the ultimate. You know, that's the ultimate goal in a game. Make sure you get the W. And so far, it seems like Harson kind of can separate his emotions from you know what decision he makes. I, I will say this real quick. This might give some teams a little hope. Um, you got to remember that really the only game we were beat from beginning to end was Georgia. Okay. A&M was very close until we fumbled the ball and they return it. That was late in the third quarter. Every other game, we were ahead. Not only were we (laughs) in it, we were ahead. We couldn't finish the deal. We got to learn to finish. We were not – this is not 2012 we're getting blown out, okay? This is a almost similar team with hopefully some upgrades, maybe not at quarterback, but a couple of upgrades at receiver through coaching, through transfer portal, through Camden Brown. There's a couple of things you could say are better, right? And this is a team that was of the six six of the games they lost, I think four of them, they were ahead and ahead by more than 10 points at one point. Wow. So, you know, it's, yes. AJ, I think I saw, we might have been the first team ever to lose three or four games where ESPN projection had us over like 95% to win that game. Oh, my god! During the game, not before, but during the game. What a time to be an Auburn fan. Yeah. <laughs> But you can flip. Here's the deal. That is not good, right? If you're looking for positives, though, we got ourselves in that position to be there. True. We didn't finish the drill. Yep. And that is what you have to do. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, and I I don't know how much of that, you know, looking back and how many people, and we I didn't even mention, you know, how many people left, you know, players left that, you know, maybe they, they saw, they were like, yeah. I put my, you know, I, I did my thing, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to give a hundred percent effort. And, you know, that's, that's when it starts slipping, you know, that's when 
you start losing the game. And I mean, who knows? Like it, it honestly sounds like the guys who are still here and the guys that Harson has brought in via the transfer portal and you know the new class have been, you know, they, they came here because they like Harson and they, they, they're staying here because guess what? They want to be under him and be coached by him and his assistant coaches. And I think that says something that is a little bit different than last year, where I think there was some, you know, need for certain players that may not have necessarily agreed with Harson to end up staying just to kind of see what it's like, maybe build the cohesion, kind of build that bridge from, you know, the Gus Malzahn era to the Harson era, just because, you know, they maybe might've felt a little obligated to, I feel like now it's like, these guys are here because they want to, it's not because they, they feel obligated. Harson is not a perfect human being. I'm not claiming he is. Harson has his flaws, but for you to get, six year you get so many guys to say i'm coming back for my sixth year i'm using hmm. my covid year yeah. like it's a grind playing football and yeah. some of these guys are not hey i'm coming back to try to improve my draft status they're not going pro they're going to be flying <laughs> planes like Nick they've Brahms. had injuries <laughs> and they are still coming back so d- here's the thing that i'm trying to tell everybody get on your twitter get on your message boards some of that stuff's true it ain't all true. If it was all true, he wouldn't have a team, and he wouldn't have guys coming back that could have easily left. Tank Bigsby, I realize NIL probably played a part in that, but if it was as bad as is being reported, Tank Bigsby would not be here. He could be anywhere. Right. Okay? So there is something, and you could say, well, that's Cadillac. Well, Harson kept Cadillac. That is the only coach he kept when he came in, so give him credit for that, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's some. He has made some decisions that are not great. He's made some that were probably great. Yeah. And let's just see what happens. I'm I'm on that that train too. I mean, at this point, I feel like there's always this build up of preseason, you know, we hear all of these reports, we, you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of these coaches kind of like only choose certain, you know, to talk about certain players. And that's probably by design. Like you don't want to like you know, talk about every single player because guess what? Some of them may not be doing great <laughs> and and you don't want that. So like we're getting the, you know, the cream of the crop, you know, hearing about that right now. And yet some, some people are still like, yeah, I don't know about this year. It, it, kind of almost already writing it off. I'm like, what if we go eight and four? What if we go even, you know, something crazier, like a nine and three this season, that's a success. That's something that Auburn can build on. And you can say, cool. Arson brought us from six and seven to eight and four. We're, we're, we're trending in the right direction. He's building up recruiting classes. And there's just like this, you know, culture, you know, that Harson talks about. He's building that. And, and culture can't be built overnight. It's kind of like, you know, the whole saying, like, Rome isn't built in a day. You know, culture isn't built in a day either. It takes time. It takes the people and the interactions that happen within the, the organization to build up the culture that, you know, Harson has envisioned and has been successful with at other places so just wanted to point that out all right so let's talk about a couple other um, kind of positions that we haven't mentioned yet i think wide receivers we have a lot more talent this year than we did last year wouldn't you agree <laughs> yeah i do i think we have way more potential this year i mean I, last year i had no idea who was going to be yeah who was going to be that number one and we never really got one, right? This year, we yeah. don't know who's going to be, but I think there's there's several options. I think the closest was possibly like Kobe Hudson. And even Kobe Hudson had games where you're just like, 
dude, just catch the ball. And now he's, you know, he left and went to go to USC or UCF. Yeah. I mean, there there was, you know, to be number one, you can't disappear in games. Right. And right. I I don't, I'm never, I don't, I'm just stating facts. Kobe disappeared in games and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. He had really good games. He had a good bowl game, uh, but you can't disappear and be number one. Right. Absolutely. Um, And and I think that uh, we relied a little bit heavier, obviously on last year with our tight ends, you know, John Samuel Schenker, Tyler Fromm, Luke Dill, because guess what? We we were a little bit lacking in depth at wide receiver. It sounds like we're still going to you know, rely on the John Samuel Schenkers and Tyler Fromms and Luke Dills of the world at tight end. And I'm okay with that. I love a good big body dude. Um, especially in your, if you're in red zone situations, you know, get the big body dude, you know, give him a 50, 50 ball. You know, that's the kind of you know idea that I love for a tight end or third and short. And you do, you know, you know, some, some sort of pass to a tight end, you know, guess what? He gets the first down. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. Another position that we we've kind of mentioned a little bit is offensive line. So this year we're going to be returning four of our five starters. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, you know, that's a positive, you know, that our offensive line has had its troubles and that's very well documented. Um, but I, I have a good feeling about this. I mean, the, the kind of the word of, you know, what's been happening, the scrimmages, there hasn't been as much rotation of the offensive line this offseason. And to me, that's a great thing. That means the guys are establishing their positions for the most part, and they're building that, you know, that that connection with each other. Um, like I heard a phrase, and I think I mentioned on the last podcast, when you coach one of the offensive linemen, you're coaching the whole offensive line because guess what? They're a unit. They They kind of work together. And I think that's the key thing is working together, all five of them. So I'm I'm going to be curious to you know see how they improve because I don't know about you, Jared, but my biggest outstanding question is can they open up holes for the running backs? If they can do that, I I don't have that many concerns about them this year. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, offensive line is kind of like synchronized swimming in the sense that they would probably take offense <laughs> to that. But it is a deal where like like if you all got to be in you all got to be in unison um and you almost would contemplate going with a lesser talented person if he fit you know the whole unit well um i think at the end of the day health plays a big deal here right so i think austin troxel on one side and i don't know the guy on the other but we have these and we've been rotating every position out but offensive tackle and they've kind of been the mainstay during scrimmages which means we don't have a lot of depth there but i think you're right we're going in knowing who we got We've been mixing and matching for many years now, so that's good. I'll be honest with you, man. If we can open up holes, kind of, you know, um, kind of like the uh, the Tuberville era where we didn't really pass it a lot, but we just, I mean, I can think of uh, Kenny Irons going down to LSU and rushing for 200 yards. If we mm-hmm. can open up holes with the running backs we have, there's a path to win 10 games. But right. I just don't anticipate that. But if we can, the talent behind that is there. Yeah, it all the offensive line and and probably the defensive line as usual basically control the outcome of the season. I think so too, because I I think overall you've got solid running backs and our defense should be okay. I I don't think they're going to be necessarily you know top ten you know defenses in the country, but they should be able to do their job. Um, yeah. So 
it's kind of comes down to you know how well they do. And if they're if they don't give TJ time, I mean we saw TJ if he doesn't have time, that's it's not or any of the quarterbacks probably. Besides maybe Robbie Ashford, you, you're going to have problems, and that's just you know kind of the facts of if you're not a mobile quarterback, you get pressured. Not a good sign for your quarterback. The strength of our offense is our running backs, and they rely heavily on the there to be lanes there. Mm-hmm. And you know we need our strength to be almost at its best, and then if that happens, that opens up a whole lot more for TJ and the receivers. We yeah. do not need it to be the other way around. We don't need to put the game on their shoulder, TJ. Mm-hmm. Hey, Auburn fans! I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I guess coming to coming back to you know the whole TJ Finley being named the starting quarterback. To me, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like he can be. I, I'm kind of picturing. You know, think about back to the Bama game. He wasn't spectacular. He did his job, and we almost beat Bama. That doesn't just happen. And if he can do that, and that was after you know him. That was what his fourth, fifth game last year. You know, that's that's some really good experience that he can build off of and bring that into this season. So, well, and, I, and we've never talked about this. I've never talked about it to anybody. The TJ that was in overtime, like slinging the ball around, scoring touchdowns, hmm. I, I think purposely we didn't do that during the game because it was ba- – I don't think we ever really thought we had a shot. And then we get into it and we're like, oh, wow, we're up 10 to nothing. We just don't yeah. screw this up, right? I think if we'd have gone in there and let him be that gunslinger mentality, who knows what would have happened. Um, so there's a lot that goes into why a quarterback looks the way they do. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, TJ is probably the safest bet. And I think you do go in there and see what you have as a team. And if you have a really good team, TJ can facilitate that. If you need the quarterback to be to win the game for you, I don't think TJ will if it, if that's the type of team we have. I don't think TJ will be the quarterback by the end of the season. Hopefully, yeah. we have a really good team, and we just need somebody to facilitate. Right. When you know, thinking back to last year, you know, Bo Nix at times could you know be that you know, tipping point to get us over and get us the win. And I haven't seen that from TJ, so that's a 
potential criticism that I have so far of him. And maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he's, you know, you know, can throw that deep ball that we all just long for to get that big play, you know, make the short passes that, you know, open up big, you know, big lanes and you run for, you know, 30, 40 yards. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want our quarterbacks to do. So yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about defense and then we'll kind of go into a little bit later, uh, game by game, what we kind of predict for each of the games that Auburn has. All right. So defense, uh, one of the big things about our defense, now that we're under Schmetting, um, you know, Derek Mason's gone, uh, Schmetting was on staff and I'm just thinking back. A lot of the players had so much respect for Schmetting already. So you could tell he, even though he wasn't the defensive coordinator last year, he was kind of building himself, you know, this reputation of, hey, I'm a leader as a coach. And, you know, now he's given this opportunity to be the leader of the defense. And I think the team's kind of taking it on and loves it. So I'll be kind of curious to see how this defense kind of fares out compared to last season, where I'm specifically thinking about, you know, Derek Mason, he loved the man-to-man type schemes. Do we stick with that, or do we sit, you know, kind of switch it up every once in a while? Or no, sorry, Derek Mason was zone. I'm sorry, flip that. <laughs> I, I was going to uh, correct you, but yeah, you're good. Yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah, and, and you know, kind Kevin of see Steele what that's man-to-man. like, right? And so, like, see, let's see, kind of what that that looks like. You know, do we end up blitzing a lot or not? I'm not sure. And so that'll be something to watch for with Schmetting. So. Jared, any any ideas of like what you kind of foresee this defense? You know, maybe some key players that you you're going to be looking out for on this defense. Um, I mean, from everything I hear from people way smarter than I am that are going to practices <laughs> and review these players in and out, I think the defense could be pretty solid. I mean, the defense is probably capable of a ten win season. So the offense is what's got to rise. But yeah, I mean, from an overall standpoint, I mean, obviously you're losing Roger McCrary. He was a, what, second round draft pick. Yeah. Probably would have been first if he was a little taller. Um, you lost Zacoby McLean, but you, you do get um, Owen Papo back. You know, Zacoby was kind of having to do it by himself last year. Uh, well, Chandler Wooten stepped up, but Zacoby was the main, main point there. But I think linebacker and core is going to be the big question because, you know, we got, um, I don't, the, the other two side of uh, Owen, I don't know that they've ever started. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on their two names, but there's two guys right now that are, um, that are, you know, fighting for that second starting spot and neither have started before. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I think that's the big one. I think the D line is going to give them the holes to get to the running back in the backfield, get to the quarterback occasionally, you know, can they do it though? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, I look at, you know, Owen Papo kind of being, we know what to expect out of him and from what the coaches have said, He's 100% flying around like he used to be pre-injury. And that's good good news, but that he's not the whole defense. We have to have, you know, the secondary, you know, we were now and we lost a couple safeties, we had, uh, Zion Puckett and Smoke Monday, like you mentioned, Roger McCreary at cornerback. Those are big guys that we have to fill those gaps. And so I've heard one of the guys in the secondary, DJ James, or I'm going to call him DJJ, like AJJ. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm already like this guy already. Um, I'm going to be keep, keep an eye on him. He's probably going to be 
you know, we've done a lot of different players to watch that he's probably going to be one I'd name a good bet just because I feel like he's going to be, he's going to be a guy who, who makes an impact. So really interesting there. Um, as far as I, I edge do, rushers, we're going to have Eku. Oh yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I do think Zion's actually still on the team. Zion Puckett. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. pretty sure he's at because I think he's been mentioned as a he is going to be a starter and has really advanced from last season, if I'm not mistaken. But okay, but we do definitely have to fill the uh, Smoke Monday, uh, yeah, Roger McCrary role. So yeah, your 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 point still is very valid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot that can't. I mean, it's just you know a guy like Smoke Monday or Roger McCreary, like they've been the leaders, and so you know who's the next leader on that secondary. So, all right, Jared, let's get into the specific games. So we've got, uh, to start out the season, five home games. Uh, we're going to, we get kind of this advantage, I feel like, at the beginning of the season. You got kind of two easier games. We go to Penn State, then we go to Missouri, or we're at, uh, at home playing Missouri and LSU. All of those are at home. And then we go to Georgia. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this gets real real tough real quick. Um, so at least we kind of ease into it with the first couple games. So in your mind, what games do you think, at least right now, are going to be the hardest for Auburn? For the whole season? Yeah, for the whole season, if you're kind of oh, looking yeah. at it. Oh, yeah. For the whole season, it's, you know, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the two that – would take would take some extra stuff to win those games. Not impossible. I mean, you know, I mean, for people that are uh, fairly young, the Georgia Auburn game used to be real balanced. In fact, we held the lead for the longest time, and it was always the away team that won. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of went away during the Gus era. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it can be done. The uh, Alabama for I don't know the first four games we played in Tuscaloosa, we owned that. In fact, there was like the first two of their games, they didn't score a point on us in Tuscaloosa. Hmm. So these things can be done. That was before Nick Saban. But those are the two hardest games. The two hardest at home to me, and I say hardest for one of these because we just don't know, is uh, Penn State. That's that's our yep. real first test. And then Texas A&M at home. Oh, uh, yes. I don't buy the hype with them. I could still see them going 8-4, and four, but they are uber talented. So... Um, I think LSU is a very winnable game at home. I wouldn't want to play down there. But at home, that's a very winnable game. Not saying we do. But, uh, yeah, four toughest overall to me are, are, are those four. Yeah. How about you? I, I'm pretty I'm pretty similar. Definitely Georgia and Bama. Yeah, us, us winning in Tuscaloosa and Athens has been really tough. Not to say we can't do it. It's just become really tough. Um, and, and then I'm going to even throw out one that – I don't know if a lot of people have kind of on their radar is at Ole Miss. I'm, I'm thinking that could be a one that we come into and because we've won, I think it's the last five or six games against Ole Miss, maybe get a little too big of a head. And you know, you're thinking, okay, cool. We can beat this team and Lane Kiffin. I mean, we all know Lane Kiffin when he, he's on, you know, when he is just dialed in with what he's calling yeah, no stopping him. And so, I think that's one that that could be really hard for us. And then I think Penn State just at being really early and seeing how this team's going to be. We we yeah. do have kind of the ramp up with Mercer and San Jose State, but really right into the season you're you're playing a tough opponent. Yeah, Ole Miss is not going to be easy. None of them are easy for sure. Yeah. 
Hopefully the first two are. <laughs> but yeah, I would hope so. Last but... year, that's not always the case. <laughs> well, Mercer just played in what is it called Week Zero, um, and they they finished last year they seven and three. Them. They they just won their first game like just on Saturday or something. Yeah, yeah, and they they had six hundred and twenty five yards of offense. Now it was against Moorhead State, but that shows you like they can have a good offense. Like if you don't respect them. They can put up some points. Um, I mean, they even had some crazy explosive plays. I think I was looking at a lot of their big plays were like 50-plus yards. So if Auburn can kind of you know keep them in the reins and not you know let those huge plays happen, I think we should be able to handily uh, beat them. And it's a night game in Jordan-Harris, you know, first game of the year. I feel like that can kind of you know get people – maybe a little bit more excited than if, you know, Mercer was like our fifth game of the season. <laughs> AJ, it's a, it's a whiteout too. Did you hear that? I don't know. Um, which is, I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of the whiteout part of it. I mean, that's not really one of our colors, but the only thing I'm kind of excited about, you think they'll kind of reverse course here. It's a whiteout. The players will then do all the old, all white uniforms with white face mask. I, I, I would love to game. see it. But, I would love to see it. I, I just don't think we will. Yeah. Now, I, I think they, they might pull white. out the white. They might pull out the white face mask. I just don't see them pulling out the, you know, the white Stormtrooper jerseys. Yeah. I just don't see it. Maybe they they're, do. That would be awesome. You, I mean, maybe that's a harsh correct. thing. I just don't know why they did it. I don't know why they're doing – I don't know why they chose white otherwise. But you were probably correct. But how cool would that be if, you know, Harson's like, hey, this is my, my flavor. You know, we don't normally wear white we're going to wear our away jerseys for our first game and wear white face masks. I think that would be kind of cool. Would he do it? I don't know. Here's my thought, man. And the people that get mad, uh, listen, whatever, but even your Oklahoma's and Ohio States now, they wear, they have like five different uniforms they'll wear in a year. I'm all for it. Whatever the kids want to do, whatever to get them excited, whatever it's about recruiting, (laughs) keep it, keep it with the, keep it with the same color scheme, right? Don't, I don't want to change color schemes, but if you change up what part of the uniform is a color, I think it's pretty cool. I really think the orange last year looked amazing. I'd be okay for a permanent switch to that, but that's me. I don't know what yeah. you think about it. Yeah, I've, I've I definitely lean towards the more traditional look. But looking at you know the minor changes we have made, I've been a big fan of them. You know the you know super bright orange neon almost orange like accent colors on the jerseys like or not the jerseys like the you know cleats and you know armbands and all that kind of cool stuff. I love that. I mean, that gets the players excited. You know, you take it to the next level where, you know, potentially you have like this crazy orange uniform full head to toe. Like, I think that would get the players super excited. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, um, you know, I think it, whatever gets them pumped and whatever, anything that can help in recruiting. I mean, I, I don't like what Oregon does, but Oregon is a name brand because of, you know, somebody was smart enough to kind of dive full steam into that. Nike, really, I guess, but. Um. Yeah. So, anyways. Um. Uh, but I was just curious because I white seemed weird as the main color to call it a whiteout. Yeah. Unless the team's joining in was my theory. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. That would be kind of interesting because, like, to me, it's Mercer. I'm like, why are we doing it for Mercer? Like, why not wait I, to do a whiteout against yeah. another, you know, SEC team or something? I agree. Yep. So, um. So yeah, we've got that game September third, six p.m. Central Time. Uh, it'll be on ESPN plus. So get your subscriptions up to date <laughs> if you want to watch it. Uh, and then our, uh, ESPN gives us a 99.6% chance of winning. 
I think that's pretty pretty high, but you know it's you know considered a cupcake game. So I would hope we would win by a lot. Um, but I was I was just thinking about you know Mercer's first game that they played already. They 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 put up some points. So I think they if they come out hot, it could be a tough one. Um, but I think Auburn's ultimately going to win. Uh, we'll kind of do our score predictions very similar to what we've done in the past. You know, how many points we think Auburn or the other team will win by. And if you want to give a specific score. So, um, I think Auburn's going to win by 24 points. So Jared, what's your thoughts on, uh, this and what's your score predictions? The Mercer game? Yes. For Mercer. Uh, I think we, I think we win 56 to 10. Okay. 56 to 10. Love it. Yeah. Putting that down in the books, and we'll bring that up after the Mercer game. Yep. You're going to be like, Jared, you were way off. I'm like, I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know why (laughs) they keep inviting me back on this podcast. (laughs) I would love – if we put up 56 points on offense, I'm going to be so excited because – I, I I don't. It's been so long since I've seen that. <laughs> At least it feels that way. Um, and the next game that we've got is another night game, which I still just kind of interesting. We get two night games for nobodies, but I guess it's just TV deals and stuff. Um, it'll be September tenth, six thirty p.m. Central Time on ESPNU. Uh, San Jose State last year was five and seven. Uh, they got a junior quarterback that transferred from Hawaii. Um, didn't have a whole lot of success. And uh, I think this this one, we're going to win by a lot. I mean, I, I didn't do a whole lot of research on them, but I'm just like, yeah, I think we're going to win. <laughs> we should. Um, so I'm going to predict That's solid winning. research. Solid oh, research. Yeah. <laughs> I, this I is think we're going to win by a lot. Yeah. I like it. I'll, you got Auburn by 35? Yeah, 35. Wait, wait, wait. You got Auburn by more over San Jose State than Mercer? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I think San Jose State, and uh, I could be wrong, but over like the past 15 years, I, I think they've made a bowl game a couple of times. They they actually scare me a little more than Mercer. Um, but, again, I have not done research either. Going from memory, and I'm getting old. So <laughs> that isn't always working. I think on San Jose State, um, 40 to 10. 40 to 10. So you're, you're going to be closer to like 30 points on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thirty point win. I mean, still very you know, that that should be good enough. And, you know, think about that. If we start the season two and zero, which we should, you go into Penn State, it's a two thirty game on CBS. you you have some like hopefully if your offense is clicking, maybe in the first couple games you get to see a couple different quarterbacks because we're up so much. You kind of get the flavor of, you know, maybe a Robbie Ashford or a Calzada in addition to what TJ. So you kind of get to start you know, seeing, you know, where these guys at, that would be the hope in my mind is if you get to see at least a couple quarterbacks at that point. So Penn state last year, you know, we played them kind of this, you know, home and home deal with them. Uh, they ended up finishing, honestly, their season kind of mirrored our, ours a lot started off pretty good. Auburn started off pretty good. Uh, and then they had a you know pretty pretty bad uh, slope off. They for their last eight games they were two and six. Um, ended up finishing seven and six, pretty similar to Auburn. And I I was just thinking, man, like I thought if we had beaten Penn State, it would have been you know really good. You know if, you know thinking back on that, the 
we would have been probably seven and six. Penn State would have been six and seven. And, you know, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, at the time you're thinking Penn State, that would have been an amazing win. So I still think it'll be a good win if we beat Penn State. And I, they've got their quarterback coming back, Sean Clifford. He, had, he threw over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, and only had eight picks. Uh, they did lose one of their top receivers, uh, Jahan Dotson. Um, if I remember right, he was lighting us up during the Auburn game um, against him. So, good to see him yes. gone. <laughs> he he really enjoyed the uh, zone defense we played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, as far as their defense goes, they, they're kind of the classic bend but don't break. They allowed lots of yards um, last year. I would probably expect pretty similar things. Sounds like their defense hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, they did lose their two leading tacklers, which, you know, if you look at Auburn, we lost to Kobe McLean. We lost, you know, Smoke Monday and Roger McCreary. So you're like, that's that's some pretty, you know, big losses on kind of both sides on defense. So right now ESPN has Auburn predicted to win this game 62% of the time. So, Jared, kind of how are you feeling? I'm going to get you to go first. How are you feeling this game will kind of play out? 70 to 10. I'm kidding. Nah. <laughs> uh, that'd be nice, right? I give a, uh, I'm more confident about that than the others, but no, that's not the case. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that – and it's good to see this because really the whole offseason until about the last month and a half, the narrative had been, oh, they're going to lose to Penn State. Um, And I kept hearing that, and I was like – why? I mean, I don't, I'm not saying we're much better than them, but it's at home. They're not much better than us, if at all. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, kind of baffling. And, and, and over the month that last month and a half, that narrative has shifted. ESPN, obviously their prediction model shifted. So I think this is probably pretty fair. I mean, I, I really think um, being at home, uh, we ran on them last year. Um, on this one, I'm probably going to go 28, 17. Um, okay. I do say we win um, 28, 17. So uh, did you give your prediction on this one yet? I have not. I was kind of waiting on you. I was going to get yours first this time, switch it up. So I think it's going to be pretty similar too. Um, I don't think it's going to be super high scoring. Um, looking back, their defense was very good. I think on average they allowed only one time over 25 points last the whole last season. So their off- offense was really the issue, and defense was really solid for them. So – I think it's probably going to be a low-scoring game like yours, probably something in that realm, you know, the 24-14 to 14 kind of realm with I think Auburn's going to win this game. So I would love to see that, um, and I think it's very possible that we can do that because I think that kicks Auburn's season off really well. So Let me ask this real quick, and mm-hmm. this doesn't matter except for recruiting, but if we look really good in the first three games, including Penn State, do you think that starts getting us top twenty-five talk, or do we gotta do we gotta get to LSU before we even get there? Um, like I'm talking maybe. like really good, like we look like, flawless. Not like, like we're just barely winning, but yeah, if we we look flawless and Penn State's are you know we we're looking like a top twenty-five team, I think we get some AP votes. I, I really do. Which you know, looking forward, you know, I I have a gut feeling, you know, in a few games later against Georgia if we're we're looking pretty good even if we're like four and one we might get some hype and people will you know make it a top 25 game Auburn versus Georgia you know that kind of thing yeah. will we be worth a 25 you know top 25 in the nation 
I don't know, maybe at that point, but I just have a gut feeling we might kind of get that hype, which, you know, for better or for worse, that's kind of the way it might might play out because I've yep. seen it happen before. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they give the other team the ranking. But I think if we go – I'm looking ahead here. If we – you know, Penn State, Missouri, and LSU, I think if we were to absolutely win all those games, you, you definitely go into that maybe even top 20 